Welcome to Five Minutes of Rum, Notes on Rum, A Few Minutes at a Time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. Now, for the most part, I try and ensure that episodes of the show are evergreen. You can listen in any order and in any timeline or out of any time. But I don't think of a, there's any way to not mention that we as a people are currently in the middle of a global pandemic. To the people that like to throw the word unprecedented around in casual conversation, uh, checkmate. But in spite of the current situation, I've received a bit of positive feedback from episode 86, released shortly after the stay-at-home order took hold for a lot of us. So let's keep going. In this episode, I'm going to taste a variant of a rum from episode 40, that is the Hamilton 151 Overproof Rum, this time as a false idol version. And did I mention stay-at-home? Seems like a great reason to dip back into the Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails for some ancho chili syrup. And to make one of my favorite cocktails, the formerly unpublished but now available at home, Shakahula Bossa Nova. Hey, hey, it's episode 87 of 5 Minutes of Rum. And as I mentioned up top, the feature rum in this episode is Hamilton 151, False Idol Edition. Uh, the TLDR uh, on this rum is it's an overproof rum from Ed Hamilton's excellent line of rums. So let's dive right into the taste and then discuss the rum itself. Um the Hamilton 151 False Idol Edition, uh, appearance, we'll start with appearance, uh, almost went with aroma, um, appearance, you know this uh, uh, You know this was produced for a bar because it's in a uh, actual one liter bottle instead of a standard 750 bottle, 750 milliliter bottle, I should say. Um, and in all seriousness, this does make math a heck of a lot easier. Uh, I actually wish the U.S. could standardize on this size. Now, if you have a Hamilton bottle, this will be very familiar Aside from the extra 250 milliliters, it has a synthetic stopper. Uh, it's a clear bottle, and there are labels on the front and the back. Uh, the front label is similar to other Hamilton bottles with a top. Uh, in, in this case, it has an addition of a top of pattern, as well as the um, as the backdrop is in this case instead of an island. So typically, like if you look at the Jamaican or St. Lucian rums uh, from Hamilton, it'll be a, a picture of an island. This one, in this case, has a top of pattern. Uh, the back label will give you the info you need about this rum and its contents. Uh, Ed Hamilton isn't one to mess around with the facts, so facts we'll get to very shortly. Uh, the rum itself is a, a dark color rum, uh, just short of treacle. Um, if you think of Blackstrap, it's just short of that. Uh, but there's not a ton of light getting through the bottle. Uh, in the glass, there's a little bit more light shining through, but otherwise, in the glass, it's a deep amber in color. Now, when it comes to aroma, uh, the neck of the bottle, uh, if you just uh, nose from the top from the bottle itself, that'll kind of hide the proof. Um, you, you'll get a hint, but this, this isn't a bottle that will knock you uh, on your socks just from sniffing it from the bottle. Now, once in the glass and swirled around, um, make sure you nose that with your mouth open. You'll get a lot more of the aroma that way. In this case, a lot more of the heat. Uh, again, in this case, it doesn't really knock you over, but you know this is a glass of rum and there's some potential, uh, some potential in that glass. Now, uh, when it comes to taste, since this is a 151-proof rum, uh, I took the uh, cautious first sip and then the cautious second sip and the cautious third sip. Um, it was, you know, as potent as you might expect. Now, what I didn't expect to notice, uh, the, uh, what, what I didn't expect to notice the Jamaican part of the blend uh, right away, but it's there and it's really carrying its weight along with the heavy Demerara. So in other words, 
this is a um, this without getting too far ahead of ourselves. This is a 151 Demerara rum that has a percentage of Jamaican rum in there, and I wasn't sure how that would make itself known, but it actually did make itself known kind of right away. Um, this is definitely a heavy rum. There's lots of body. It's very chewy, and it's definitely not what I would consider a subtle rum in any way, shape, or form. And as you take sips, um, if you take sips, uh, you're probably imagining what cocktails you're going to try this in. 151 Swizzle, sure. Uh, zombie, absolutely. And even more so, something like an Aku Aku Lapu or taking a spin drift and revving it up a little bit. So taking something that would might use a little bit of lemon heart overproof and then, you know, sort of, um, you know, pushing forward on the gas a little bit. Now, when it comes to finish, um, the finish is hot as intended. Uh, you wouldn't want to drink this. You definitely want to sip it slowly. Uh, the rum will hang out for a little while, but it, it, you know, it knows some good jokes and it won't ask to stay overnight. So just let it flow just, you know, slowly. Um, summary, as you might expect, look, this is obviously a rum that's made for mixing. Uh, it's in the name. It's in the chart of the rum. It's for tiki drinks uh, or to punch up some otherwise unsuspecting cocktails. You can sip it, but that's not where it lives. And although I find OFTB, or excuse me, Plantation OFTD more sippable, this Hamilton 151 False Idol is also relatively easy to drink neat. So, you know, if you go that route, just beware. Now, digging in a little bit more into this particular rum, uh, let's start with the Hamilton line of rum itself. Now, on this show, we've talked about Ed Hamilton, his outstanding resource on rum, uh, the Ministry of Rum website, and his Hamilton line of rums over numerous shows here on the show. Ed sources from distillers in the Caribbean with a high attention to detail. Um, he's sourcing really good rums for his line. Uh, a few years back, he started producing an overproof, a 151 rum, to fill a market void caused by the intermittent nature of Lemon Heart 50, 151, which itself is a legendary rum in the world of tiki cocktails. That is a Demerara 151, and that was like sort of the backbone of a ton of tiki cocktails. That has had some distribution problems off and on. Uh, changed hands, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, like I mentioned a few years ago, Ed Hamilton started producing his own 151 overproof Demerara blend to sort of fill that void. Now, particularly on this false idol edition. So back in episode 40, uh, link in that, or link to that in the show notes, um, I talked about the original 151 offering for Hamilton and that I've kept that in my rotation as long as I've been able to source it, which I'm happy to say is more often than not. So I haven't really seen it gone out of favor uh, some uh, stock locally may go out of stock or may disappear, but it usually comes back. Um, I still occasionally dip into my yellow label Lemon Heart 151 reserves from time to time. Um, I used to say that I was one good earthquake away from losing it anyway. Now I can just add one global pandemic uh, away from losing it to that line of reasoning. In any case, um, I was shopping recently. Uh, this would be when I say recently, I mean probably three months ago before um, things sort of ground to a halt. I was shopping at one of my local liquor purveyors and came across this curious one liter bottle of Hamilton 151 uh, that had the words false idol featured prominently on the label. Uh, that bottle quickly found its way into my basket um, and I purchased it. Now, a uh, little side note on what is false idol. False idol is a tiki bar that opened in San Diego in 2016 it is co-owned by Martin Kate, who needs no introduction to those of you that listen to this show. And it's also uh, in part owned by a local bar ownership group called Consortium Holdings. It operates as a speakeasy of sorts to the main bar at the, at the uh, physical location, a, a bar called Craft and Commerce. Now, False Idol itself is an amazing space with amazing cocktails. Most of the interior is wall-to-wall carved panels, carved wood panels by Bosco. And on the entire ceiling is a collection of fish floats. Uh, there are pictures of it in the show notes. Uh, they're not the greatest pictures because I took them with my phone, 
Uh, but they are there are some pictures that will give you a feel for how it is. Um, I've had some memorable nights at False Idol, not the least of which was a Sunday night at the tail end of Tiki Oasis in 2017, which uh, to, to date remains one of my favorite uh, Tiki Oasis memories of all time. Now, the False Idol variant of Hamilton 151 was created by Ed Hamilton in conjunction with Anthony Schmidt and others uh, at False Idol. Essentially, apply what you know about Hamilton 151, which is it's a thick, mixable Demerara 151 rum, and then mix in a percentage of pungent Jamaican rum to give it an extra additional edge. More precisely, and right on the back of the label, because it's a Hamilton rum, that would be 85% Demerara rum and 15% Jamaican pot still rum from Worthy Park. Worthy Park is also the source of Hamilton's Jamaican pot still rum, as well as the uh, recent favorite here on this uh, show, the Dr. Bird. So if you know those rums, you know a little bit about Worthy Park Jamaican rum. Now, no doubt because it's packaged for a bar, um, like I mentioned before, the bottle is a one liter bottle versus the normal 750 milliliters for the U.S. market. And in case it's not obvious from the name, this is a 151 proof rum or 75.5% alcohol by volume. Retail price is between $31 and $36 or so, depending on the market. If you're interested and it's available near you, I'd pick some up. I don't know if this is this rum is an ongoing concern, but it is a darn fine mixing rum that I will think that I think you will enjoy, um, especially in those overproof uh, cocktails. Now, next up, let's make a uh, syrup that we're going to use in today's cocktail. This is an ancho chili syrup. So, the most exotic ingredient in this recipe isn't at this point all that exotic anymore. Uh, ancho chili syrup is now a commercial product. The version of the syrup that's in the home bar guide to tropical cocktails is a homemade recipe, though, dating back to Rumpus Room Experience by Kelly Riley and Tom Morgan in the early 2010s. And while the recipe to make the syrup isn't that complicated, it does help layer flavors and adds a little bit of heat when you add it to a tropical mix. Now, first things first, what is ancho for ancho chili? And ancho chili is the dried version of the poblano pepper. Or to be as precise as uh, thespruceeats.com says, it's the dried version of the ripe version of a poblano. The poblano, uh, when harvested before ripening, is green and likely destined for your plate as part of a chili relleno dish. Now, if it ripens and turns red, the pepper will gain a little bit of sweetness um, and a little bit of heat. The poblano itself is is normally a mild pepper in the grand scheme of things, but the added sweetness will help provide balance when the pepper ripens because at that time, again, it gains some heat as well. Now, if you're a uh, if you enjoy uh, measuring on the Scoville scale, poblanos come in around 100 to 200 heat units. Uh, is that 1,000 to 2,000 heat units? Uh, green is poblano, red is ancho. Now, incidentally, the chipotle chili is a ripe, smoked, dried jalapeno. So, this sort of thing of a pepper changing names when it's dried seems to not be uncommon. Uh, you can find anchos in most markets now. In suburban markets, you'll most likely find them in a clear plastic bag that contains three to six ancho peppers, dried. Uh, they're fairly large. Ancho translates to wide in English, so that kind of gives you an idea of what the peppers look like. And they are dark red and shriveled in uh, the normal packaged version. In our application here, they'll be restored via the syrup process, but otherwise they can be brought back to life via soaking them in water before you use them in cooking. Now, the ancho chili syrup recipe itself, take four to six dried ancho chilies. There's photos, again, in the show notes if you want to see what that looks like. And then two cups of sugar and two cups of water. Now combine all those ingredients, the water, the sugar, and the chili peppers in an uncovered sauce pot, and then simmer on low to medium heat for about 30 to 40 minutes. If you want to make the syrup, uh, syrup a little bit more spicy, a little more hot, add a, you can add a little bit of red peppercorn or some, or some red chili at that point. 
Now, after about 10 minutes into the 30 to 40 minute cooking time, when the chilies have softened as a result of being in the sugar and the water, uh, carefully, because they'll be hot, uh, cut them into thirds or quarters and put them back into the pot. And then after the entire cooking time has elapsed, remove them from the heat and let them cool, uh, let the pot cool to room temperature, and then strain that through cheesecloth or a metal sieve and then into a container into a clean bottle. Top that with an ounce of J-Ray uh, overproof rum or some lightly aged column still rum just as a preservative. Uh, your call, however you want to approach that. And then keep that in the fridge when not in use. Now, what are you going to do with that syrup? Well, I would suggest, at least at first, you're going to use it to make a Shakahula Bossa Nova. Now, the recipe for the Shakahula Bossa Nova comes to us, like I mentioned before, as from the Home Bar Guide to Tropical, Tropical Cocktails. Uh, that book was first mentioned here in episode 84. Uh, the Shakahula Bossa Nova is a Kelly Riley recipe, one of her most popular creations. Uh, this was the one she'd tease about before the book came out, saying, uh, hey, when the book comes out, you'll finally be able to make it yourselves. This was always a, a popular recipe and a closely guarded secret. It's uh, long been one of my favorite cocktails, and rare was the trip to the Murpus Room where I didn't request one um, as part of the uh, drinks of that evening. I find it to be a heavier and hearty drink in all the best ways with multiple flavors uh, coming together to form a fairly strong cocktail. Um, in the book, The Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails, it rates a three out of five skulls, but in my view overall, it's probably a four or a 4.5. Um, I think in this case, like a 34 zombie, the overproof is sneaky in the mix and will kind of hit you on the back end. Now, incidentally, the cocktail name is the title of a song from the um, uh, the first record from the Tikiaki Orchestra. Kelly has a number of cocktails with names from the first two Tikiaki Orchestra records. Uh, you can find others in the Home Bar, um, the uh, excuse me, the Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails book, um, and you can find a link to pick up music by the Tikiaki Orchestra, which you really should do unless you already have it. Uh, down there in the show notes on the 5minutesofrome.com website. Now, with regards to the recipe, uh, the way the Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails is written, it's using specific spirit brands. Now, the reason for that is that the genesis of a lot of these recipes was the community nature of the Rumpus Room. So when people got together for the Rumpus Room, they brought ingredients to share, and then the bartenders, typically Kelly and Tom, would use those to create recipes. Now, I've made recipes from the book um, uh, in, you know, a number of cases, two ways in a number of cases, sometimes I don't have the specific bottles that are called for, or I just want to use something else from my bar, but I've also elected to replicate these recipes as closely as possible by procuring those bottles and using the reference brands. So in this case, there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. You just want to decide if you're in the mood to make it with the tweaks based on what you have, or if you want to get that trademarked real rumpus room flavor. So no shade, no lemonade for me either way. Uh, there's just, you know, those are two different ways to approach it. As for the recipe itself, the Shakahula Bossa Nova, uh, get ready, take your notes. It's one ounce of Karuba dark Jamaican rum, one ounce of Lemon Heart 151. In this case, we're using the Hamilton 151 False Idol Edition, one ounce of Mount Gay Eclipse rum, one ounce of homemade ancho chili syrup, five dashes of Angostura bitters, one half ounce of Christian Brothers brandy, one ounce of Tarani passion fruit syrup, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, one ounce of fresh lime juice, and two ounces of club soda. Uh, the way I make this, I shake everything except for the club soda with a combination of crushed and cubed ice. Then I stir in the club soda and then pour unstrained into a large tiki mug. Uh, if at all possible, use a tikiyaki edition tiki mug, as you can see pictures of in the show notes, 
or uh, barring any tiki mug uh, um, availability, you can use a footed Pilsner glass and then garnish that if at all possible with mint. Uh, mint is a little bit hard to come by and given the current circumstances. I'm not venturing out just for mint. Uh, so I will uh, I will garnish mine accordingly with what I have on hand. Now, in terms of taste, um, I have my cocktail here. There's the, there's the, there's the I guess, proof. No pun intended. As I mentioned before, it is a complex cocktail, layered flavors. Um, it is heavy. It's If you think of like a, making a daiquiri at the other end of the spectrum uh, with uh, rum, lime juice and syrup being very crisp this is not that this is a tropical cocktail that you would sip slowly and it's got a lot going on so um again this is one of my favorites i'm definitely biased so um i'm not really um i don't i don't have anything but good things to say about it more or less um these are all flavors that i really enjoy i will say that the biggest variable in terms of making it rumpus room style versus making it maybe home bar style is that tarani passion fruit syrup so Tarani doesn't use any, I mean, they use real cane sugar. They're not using corn syrup, but that passion fruit uh, syrup flavor that they have for Tarani is um, is definitely different than when you make home passion fruit syrup. So I've made this cocktail both ways. I enjoy it both ways, but you will get a, a distinctly different version when you use the Tarani flavor. So those of you that have used Tarani syrups before, maybe the Orgeat or something like that, you'll kind of understand what I mean. It has like sort of a flavor all its own. Definitely not a bad brand of syrup, but it's different than making it fresh. In any case, I think either way you're going to enjoy this cocktail. Uh, just you know, use a little caution if you're if you're drinking at home. Fine, have a have a few. Uh, if you're making this for your friends at a party, you know, just keep an eye on them. That's it for this show. Thank you for listening. The show links are up on the Five Minutes of Rum website. That's number five minutes of the show is also on iTunes slash Apple podcast or on your favorite podcast player as five minutes of rum. And if you like the show, Hey, go tell a friend about it. The show is also on Twitter and Instagram as at five minutes of rum. That's the at symbol number five minutes of rum. Please send in comments, corrections, feedback, and or request via the five minutes of rum website, website, excuse me, or on Twitter or on Instagram. I am easy to find. And now go get some rum.